The Sacramento Kings are betting favorites to land Ben Simmons. And if the offseason ended today, there were no more moves made by Monty McNair. Would you be happy with this offseason or not happy? It's all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, Full coverage of your Kings from January through December. This is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento Kings media member, Sacramento Sports Media member, formerly in radio, now in television at ABC 10. Uh, I've done that for the last seven years, and I'm looking forward to my eighth season covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. And before we dive into our two major topics uh, for today's podcast, I did want to send my thanks and, and share my appreciation for all of you listeners of the podcast who reached out to me via email or Twitter or other, other private means or public means to uh, wish my wife and I congratulations. We welcomed our son, Arthur James George, uh, into the world last week. So that's why I replayed and re-uploaded uh, my 2002 three-part audio documentary. I hope you got the chance uh, to check that out and I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I can't commit to coming back to a completely regular Kings uh, or Locked on Kings schedule, certainly won't have an episode every single day this week. I'm going to try and get three in this week, uh, today, Wednesday, and Friday, if at all possible, and probably keep that schedule until around the uh, the start of training camp and the start uh, of preseason. At least that's the goal. I'm going to do my best to continue the Locked on Kings coverage. And truth be told, I've missed you guys. I've missed talking about the Kings. Some things, not crazy stuff, but some rumors like this Ben Simmons stuff uh, has happened while I was away. And of course, I was still trying to follow it as best as I can. But yes, I'm a, I'm a proud father working on actually pretty decent sleep, all things considered. I, I've been blessed with a, a baby that he doesn't sleep through the night. We still have to wake up to feed him, but he's a very content, quiet, barely cries baby. So I'm very thankful for that. But I'm also thankful to be back here hosting the Locked On Kings podcast. Uh, and uh, I look forward to continuing it. And also one day having uh, my little Arthur on as a, a co-host at some point, because I can tell you he's very opinionated like his father and mother. Uh, but thank you again for all of your um, support, your well wishes, and things like that. It was a, a fantastic uh, birth. We're completely in love, head over heels with him, uh, and we can't uh, wait to raise him and, and get him interested in, in Sacramento Kings basketball and get him, hey, maybe the Kings will finally make the playoffs and I can give all the credit to my son and take all the blame off of myself for how bad the Kings have been over the last 15, 16 years. But hey, here we are. And potentially we could be seeing the Kings landing Ben Simmons. After all, I recorded a podcast uh, around a month ago, probably, or, or close to a month ago saying uh, in a conversation with uh, James Ham of NBC sports that the Kings were in the best position out of most, if not all NBA teams 
to really put together a good package for Ben Simmons. Now we know the Philadelphia 76ers, their asking price for Simmons has been really, really high, right? To the point where we heard rumors of what they were demanding from the Golden State Warriors and sound like the Warriors just kind of laughed them off the phone. I don't blame the Sixers for wanting to maximize Ben Simmons value as much as possible. I also don't blame the Sixers for not allowing a poor showing in the playoffs to completely undermine how good of a player that Ben Simmons is. He had a bad playoff series. He had a really, really bad playoff. Uh, And everybody has allowed that to cause them to forget. It's this, what have you done for me lately mindset, right? Cause them to forget how good Ben Simmons has been in his career. Now, of course, that that three-point shot is a question mark. His inconsistencies at times are a question mark. His terrible free throw shooting uh, in the playoffs, those are question marks as well. But we're talking about a a former all-defensive player. We're talking about a former all-star. He is still a very, very talented player and without question, would make the Sacramento Kings significantly better if he was on this roster. But that also depends on what the Kings have been or are willing to give up. Now, we've heard conversations that if the Kings want to get Ben Simmons, it's going to require De'Aaron Fox. We know that's never going to happen. That's It's truly never going to happen. It's not so much of a, hey, Ben Simmons versus De'Aaron Fox compare who's better type conversation because I think Ben Simmons, it's fair to say, has the edge based off of what he's accomplished. Although what De'Aaron Fox has done and Fox being a little bit younger, uh, I, I think Fox could end up having the better career. But as of right now, it's not necessarily a comparison. It's apples to oranges, right? We're not looking at who's better between Fox and Ben Simmons. And why would the Kings trade the better player, De'Aaron Fox? It's not what that's about. It's about the fact that De'Aaron is committed to Sacramento. Uh, The Kings are committed to De'Aaron. They have him under contract. uh, And he's just continued to get better and better every single season. So the idea of the Kings trading for De'Aaron Fox or trading De'Aaron Fox for Ben Simmons or De'Aaron being involved in this Ben Simmons deal was always foolish from the start. I pulled up a, 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 a article here in front of me uh, that talked about uh, reports of a uh, the King's interest in Ben Simmons and, and the re-interest in this conversation. And basically the reason why this Ben Simmons conversation has, has started up and fueled up again is um, betting odds have come out and the Kings are the now betting favorite via Las Vegas to land Ben Simmons or to have Ben Simmons on their roster to start next season. So there's two ways to look at this, right? And I'll go into those two ways in just a second. Uh, but there's a there was an article, I believe, in the Ringer, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the Ringers, Paul uh, Ugietti, I, I believe I butchered his last name. So sorry, Paolo. Um, but he, he basically reported that, that the Kings are still very content uh, or I mean the uh, rather De'Aaron Fox is very content to stay in Sacramento um, as if that really was a question mark. I don't think that was a question mark at all. De'Aaron Fox is just fine here. Now, if the Kings continue to suck for the next two to three years, maybe that'll change. And hopefully that doesn't happen. Knock on every bit of wood around you. But I don't think there's any reason to be concerned that De'Aaron wasn't content in Sacramento and would want to be a part of this Philadelphia 76ers deal. But basically, there's two two ways to look uh, at this uh, this report or these new odds that the Kings are the betting favorites to land Ben Simmons. There's the Vegas knows everything way to look at it, right? People who those who set these odds, these odds makers, they're brilliant. They know how to just entice you enough or, or put that betting line if you're betting on a game to make that score just painful enough for you to doubt if you're going to take the over or the under. That's what they do. So the fact that Las Vegas has uh, and betting sites have 
De'Aaron, or rather Ben Simmons as a, a favorite to go to the Kings or the Kings as the favorite to end, land Ben Simmons. I think that's significant. You can't just ignore that. Now, I'm not going to go too far down that rabbit hole of conspiracy theories of Vegas knows something that nobody else knows right now. I'm not going to go there. I think this is a smart assessment by Vegas based off of what we've talked about before, what I talked about with James Ham, that the Kings have the best potential to offer a, a solid package for Simmons. If the Sixers really want to trade Ben Simmons before the start of next season, and maybe it's not want, if the Sixers have to trade Ben Simmons based off of how it sounds like that, that relationship between Simmons and the organization, Simmons and Joel Embiid, it sounds like it's beyond repair. And I kind of understand that. The Sixers threw Simmons under the bus city of Philadelphia completely ran over and then backed over Ben Simmons only to run over him again. And I get, he wasn't good in the playoffs, but they put everything on him when Joel Embiid who had solid games in the playoffs, sure. Also had a boatload of turnovers. So Ben has been made the lightning rod of blame and hate and frustration in the city of brotherly love, whose fans are notorious for absolutely destroying you. If you're not that good, or if you struggle even a little bit, despite what you've done for them, it's all about what have you done for me lately in Philadelphia? So I don't bend, bend, uh, uh, blame Ben Simmons at all for wanting out. I certainly would not be happy with the situation there. Plus with the way Doc Rivers didn't have his back, the way Joel Embiid didn't have his back, nobody had his back in Philadelphia. Nobody in that locker room. And I get expectations were high and he didn't perform, but no duh. I would understand Ben Simmons saying, I don't want to play with these people anymore. They've completely undermined me and abandoned me. Now I could also turn that around and say, well, Ben, you didn't perform and now you look like a whiny I guess, teenager who, who, who doesn't want to work things out. I'm, I'm not going to go that far either, but I've seen people turn it that way as well. So how desperate are the Sixers really to move on from Ben Simmons? If they are desperate to make it sooner rather than later, or more importantly, make it before next season starts, which I firmly believe that if they didn't make a move, Ben Simmons would still report to training camp. I, I don't believe that he's really going to hold out that much. I, I just don't think that's going to happen. That happens in the NFL. It doesn't really happen in the NBA too much. But... If they are hungry or desperate to move on from Simmons as soon as possible, I don't know a team that's going to offer a better package than Sacramento. I don't think you're going to be able to work out something that you like with the Portland Trailblazers and Damian Lillard. That's not going to work out. Maybe CJ McCollum, but uh, I, I, I question that. I really think the Sacramento Kings are your best chance at getting a somewhat solid package. And draft picks, which we know how valuable Sacramento Kings draft picks are, that has a lot to do with it. That's what James Hamm and I talked about a number of weeks ago. So that's where I think the smart, estimated decision to give the Kings the best odds by Vegas comes from. I'm not, I'm not here for the Vegas knows something we don't. Although... I wouldn't be surprised now to see this come to fruition based off of Vegas really leaning hard into it. If nothing else, look at it as validation. Don't look at it as, oh, this is as if Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out that the deal is getting done. Look at it as validation that the Kings are serious players. And we've known the Kings are going to be serious players in any star conversation out there. Monty McNair and the Kings, they're doing what they said they were going to do. They're going to be aggressive looking for players like this that suddenly become available. I have no doubt in my mind that McNair has been on the phone with Daryl Morey, the Philadelphia 76ers, constantly over this offseason. No doubt in my mind. 
you know, a, a trade was put together. I believe it was by Bleacher Report, and I wanted to share uh, it really quick. And I know a lot of Kings fans have already talked about this. Again, I'm kind of late to this conversation because of the time that I missed last week uh, on somewhat of a paternity leave. Uh, but this this suggested trade by Bleacher Report had the Kings getting Ben Simmons uh, in a three-team deal that also involved the San Antonio Spurs. Simmons would go to Sacramento. The Kings would send Buddy Heald first-round picks in 2022 and 2025 to Philadelphia while also sending Marvin Bagley III and Davion Mitchell to San Antonio. And the Spurs would send Derek White in a pick swap to Sacramento. So a couple things here with this deal. Um, picks, the first round picks in 2022 and 2025 would have to have some sort of protections on it. I'm not just giving them Philadelphia two straight up picks um, at all, even if you have high expectations for the Kings in those years and are hoping those aren't going to be lottery picks. Doesn't matter. Put some sort of protections on them, which I imagine in this scenario there would be. Number two is I don't think Davion Mitchell has to be involved in this deal. Now, maybe that's absurd to say from the Kings perspective because they're trying to trade for a superstar, but it's not like Mitchell is going to Philadelphia. He'd be going to San Antonio in this deal. I'm okay with Marvin Bagley being moved. If you move both Marvin and Buddy in the same trade like this suggests, that's fantastic. I don't think you have to trade Davion Mitchell here. I really don't think you have to. Now, this trade, in order to get the San Antonio Spurs involved, it also works with salaries and freeing up the salary necessary uh, for our, this this trade to go down. And, and I understand that. But I, I truly, and maybe I'm just overvaluing da uh, Davion Mitchell, or maybe it's just too much of the kind of Kings perspective. I really don't think the Kings in a Ben Simmons trade would have to trade Fox, Halliburton, or Mitchell. I really don't think that they're going to have to. I think as time goes on, if Monty sticks to those guns, again, the pressure is really on Philadelphia here, not Sacramento. Of course, there is pressure on Monty McNair and the Kings to field a playoff team and make the playoffs next season, but they don't have to mortgage that those really strong young three to do it, in my opinion. I don't think they have to when they have picks, Buddy Heald, and Marvin Bagley potentially to move. Could be overvaluing from a King's perspective. If I am, let me know. What do you think about that trade? Let me know as well. At Matt George Sack on Twitter is how you can reach me there. Uh, you can email me, mattgeorgesports at gmail.com. And this next segment that we're about to get to is also going to involve your opinion heavily. Because I want to talk about the very real possibility, just as real as it is that the Kings could be major players or are major players for Ben Simmons. We could be looking at this roster as it is right now being the roster for the Kings at the start of next season. If this was the roster by the end of the offseason going into next year, if this was all the offseason ended up being, would you be happy with it or would you be frustrated? I'll share with you my thoughts on that here in just a second. Before that, though, today's episode of Locked on Kings is brought to you by our friends over at Sweatblock, the anti-perspirant wipes that work like an absolute charm. I'm using them right now. They're doctor-created, doctor-recommended, work up to seven days per use. They give you a dry shirt guarantee, meaning if Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. No questions asked. Uh, it's been featured on and tested on Rachel Ray on that, that show by Firefighters. So if it can handle their climate, it of course can handle yours. A uh, bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years with over 13,000 reviews manufactured in the NBA. And they're also super easy to get. You can get it, like I mentioned, on Amazon, super cheap there. You can go and get it at your local CVS pharmacy, buy a box and have it right then and there if you're not a big fan of online shopping. Or in my opinion, the best way to do it is to go to sweatblock.com. If you use promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, all one word, you'll get 20% off. So make sure you cash in on that. Use these antiperspirant wipes, stay dry. 
you won't be disappointed. Today's Locked on Kings podcast also brought to you by Indeed.com. General managers ask questions to find the right players, like do they have ice in their veins? Are they good free throw shooters? When you're hiring, you can use Indeed assessments to help make sure you find candidates with the skills that you need. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. You just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring process in one place, including interviewing. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Join more than 3 million businesses uh, worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. You can get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. That's a $75 uh, credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Again, Indeed.com slash locked. The offer is only valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. So if this current Sacramento Kings roster, their major addition being Davion Mitchell and re-signing Rashawn Holmes, but Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley still on this roster, If this was the roster that the Kings took into not just training camp, but the start of next season, not necessarily the trade deadline, not necessarily the end of next season, but to start next season, if the offseason ended today with this roster, no more moves by Monty McNair over the offseason, would you be okay with it or would you be frustrated with it? I've been going back and forth with this question in my own brain because there is a lot that Monty has done this offseason that I really like. I really like, and we've talked about it, the free agency signings, getting Rashawn Holmes back for the contract. They brought him back on. By the way, did you see the deal that the uh, the Bulls, and I believe it was Cleveland Cavaliers, if I'm not mistaken, right? The the deal that they swung for Lowry Markinen. Markinen, who, yes, is an exciting young player, but has been dealing with uh, injuries and not being a fit in Chicago and questions like that. His contract is... Some somewhere of almost 20 million or like 15 million more than what Rashawn Holmes got. I'm trying to look it up right now. Yeah, the Cleveland Cavaliers acquired Lowry Markinen uh from the Bulls, and is he's signing upwards of like a 60 million dollar deal or something like that? I'm, I'm I'm not finding it right in front of me right now. But that just goes to show once again the value that Rashawn Holmes is. So that's a, a tremendous win for the Sacramento Kings, getting Rashawn Holmes. I mean, drafting Davion Mitchell so far, based off of Summer League, looks like a, another great pick for Monty McNair. Now, of course, still a long, long way to go to see whether or not that's true. But as of now, looking pretty good with Davion, right? So you're feeling pretty good about that. You bring back Mo Harkless, which I really, really like. Uh, Alex Len, fine. Tristan Thompson trade, probably the biggest negative or at least the biggest question mark of the offseason. So there, there are things that... McNair has done this offseason that I applaud, that I really, really like. For the most part, I would say, if you're looking at this offseason in a nutshell, positive, negative, I'd say it's like 85-15 or 80-20 positive for Monty McNair. The approval rating should be high for him based off of the moves that he's made. But while saying that, I also feel confident in saying it still doesn't feel like enough. It doesn't feel like enough. And also, I think my personal feelings of wanting both Marvin Bagley or at least one of Marvin Bagley and Buddy Heald out. That's also getting in the way here. Even though I can understand why the Kings would hold on to both of them in the hopes that maybe they can work things out. I can make positive arguments to keep both of them. And I have made positive arguments. I'll give you one for each really, really quickly. Uh, For Buddy Heald, 
he can be a six man of the year contender coming off the bench. If he can truly accept that role. And I think buddy Hill could be a very valuable trade piece at this upcoming trade deadline. Now that he's in year two of his contract and years three and four, are only 20 and 18 million versus 22, 20 and 18 million, which the Kings would have had to deal with in trying to trade him last off season. So that's the easiest argument I can make for buddy healed right there. As for Marvin Bagley, I don't see a situation that's going to be better for Marvin. Truly. He might think so. His camp might think so. I don't care what they think. For the Sacramento Kings, he fits a lot of what they need. He can be a starter or you can bring him in off the bench. He can get his numbers, but you don't necessarily have to rely on him 100% as part of your core anymore. Not all that pressure's on his shoulders anymore. The pressure's on him really to stay healthy, but there's no pressure on you for him to work out or not. You're already moving in a different direction. So those are the arguments I can make really quickly uh, to keep both of them. But I still would like to see one at least gone especially when there's a chance that you could use one or both in a potential Ben Simmons trade. I would like to see Monty leveraging other teams' positions like the Kings have been leveraged over the years right now rather than sitting back and and and, and picking the absolute perfect spot that may not exist. Now, at the same time, too, it's not on Monty for the other teams to agree. So if Monty puts together a final offer packages, I'm not giving up Fox, Halliburton, or Mitchell in this Simmons trade. This is the best we can offer. Take it or leave it. And the Sixers say no. I mean, on one hand, it's like, okay, I can blame Monty because he didn't get the deal done, but he is not responsible for the other team saying yes or no. That's out of his hands. You have to have a partner who agrees with you. But I still think the Kings are, are in the best position. But to answer the question, if the Kings brought this roster into next season, the way exact way it is, if they made no more moves and the offseason was this, I would be disappointed. I wouldn't call it a failure of an offseason by any means. I wouldn't be calling for Monty McNair's head or anything as, as significant or egregious or ridiculous as that. I think that would be way overblown, but I know, I guess some fans would feel that way. But again, I'm I'm judging next season completely off of is this team a playoff team or are they not? It's playoffs or bust next season. Doesn't matter how you get in. If you get in via the, the play-in, great. It's not the most ideal way to get in, but if you get in, fine. But I'm not just talking about play-in as you've made it. No, that don't count. You have to be in the actual playoffs. I'm talking a best of seven series. Even if you're knocked out in the first round, whatever. You made it. You're a playoff team. That is the bar set upon yourselves by McNair by Walton, I'm sure by ownership, even if they haven't said it publicly, and definitely by the fan base. We all know this organization is staring 16 straight seasons of missing the playoffs in the face, which would be an NBA record. And we know how much ownership and this organization cares about their public perception. I don't think if that's truly the bar, I don't think this offseason is enough. And that speaks to just how talented the Western Conference is, right? I've been very surprised by how, um, not necessarily passive, but I guess disappointing the offseason has been for a team like New Orleans. I've been not necessarily shocked, but surprised to see San Antonio take the dip that they made. Oklahoma City, I expected to be at the bottom. The Minnesota Timberwolves, who freaking knows that organization, but they have the talent to at least compete with the Sacramento Kings in the plan conversation. But you're trying to catch playoff teams last year. You're trying to leapfrog the Memphis Grizzlies who are on a tear or have been on a tear and, and moving up quickly and have leapfrogged you really in a rebuild. This current roster, I don't know if they do it enough. In very many ways, you have 
the same roster that you had with the addition of a, a solid defensive presence like Davion Mitchell and another couple small, awesome, great pieces added in. And I say awesome, great kind of sarcastically because they're not going to be super game changers or world changers for the Kings. But you're still going to have Bagley. You're still going to have Buddy. Still going to have, I mean, Fox is fine. Halliburton's fine. Rashawn Holmes is back. You still have Harrison Barnes. For the most part, that team is the exact same. And that team has not been able to make it to the playoffs, let alone be consistent over a full season. So I personally would be disappointed if this were the roster for the Kings at the end of this offseason and going into next year. Let me know how you feel about it. At Matt George Sack at Twitter, S-A-C. Or uh, you can reach me via email, mattgeorgesports at gmail.com. Today's Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Rock Auto. And with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to carry and stock all the parts that you need. Why endure pointless, intimidating questioning, uh, sitting in, a, in your local auto parts store at a counter, waiting for the counterman to just go through his, uh, his warehouse of only the products that uh, his company happens to carry at their fixed price points. You don't need to go through all that. You have access to the internet. You have your phones. You can go to rockauto.com, shop a wide a range of the parts that you need for different price points, specific for your car, specific for your model. It's all available right there for you. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. You can choose, or why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. So go and explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts need. And when you go to rockauto.com to get those new parts for your car or truck, right locked on in there, how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. So the Kings are betting favorites to land Ben Simmons. Do you think they'll land him or don't you? Do you think that the Kings should include one of Fox, Mitchell, or Simmons, whoa, or Halliburton rather, in a Simmons trade? Or do you agree with me that you think the Kings could get Simmons without having to trade any of those three? Am I overvaluing them too much? Am I wearing too thick of purple glasses or am I right in that? Let me know. Again, you can reach me on Twitter at MattGeorgeSack. Uh, you can also email me MattGeorgeSports. And of course, if you're watching on YouTube, leave in the comment section down below. Also, let me know whether or not uh, you'd be happy with this offseason if it ended today. Would you be happy with the moves Monty McNair made? Or do you think they need more to truly be a playoff team in the Western Conference? I look at this roster right now, and yes, the schedule's out, and I'm not going through game by game on the schedule and picking wins and losses because sometimes that just, I mean, it just feels like a waste of time, especially with how inconsistent this Kings team can be, right? And that's their number one problem that they need to fix, and I truly don't know if they fix that with this roster. But I look at this roster right now, and I say, what is the best? What is the best that this roster is going to be? Is it 500? Is it 41 and 41? Is that good enough to make the playoffs? Probably good enough to make the play-in, right? But the playoffs? The, eighth, uh, the actual, like, sixth seed? Well, maybe seventh and eighth seed, so you can at least, I guess, have the advantage in the play-in tournament. I guess that's something. Is that good enough? I think that's their peak with this roster. Maybe if Fox continues to just make this 
quick rise to stardom and Tyrese Halliburton avoids the sophomore slump and stays healthy and Davion Mitchell is a defensive player of the year. Maybe this team could be a 50-win team. I don't know. I'm not going to go that far. I'll believe it when I see it type thing. But I personally don't feel like this roster is, is good enough as it stands to deserve to absolutely be in the playoff conversation. And that's really all you can hope for at the end of an offseason, right? So let me know how you feel about that. And I look forward to having you back with me for a future Locked on Kings podcast. I'm looking forward to having more guests here on Locked on Kings again. I'm trying to go back to a more consistent schedule uh, again. I can't commit to five days a week like I have been doing, especially with the new baby here. Uh, But I will try and do three a week if I can. So I'm looking forward to doing a a Wednesday episode and a Friday episode this week, or at least that's the plan. Forgive me if I'm not able to get that done. If there's guests or topics you want me to tackle here on the Locked on Kings podcast, I uh, will definitely hear them. So please send them to me. I also do want to do a fans only episode. And I know uh, some of you have expressed interest uh, in doing that. So I I do plan on doing a fans only episode right before uh, this next season start. So keep on the lookout for that. Uh, And of course, continue to support the Locked on Kings podcast. If you missed my three-part audio documentary on the 2002 Sacramento Kings, yes, it's painful, uh, but uh, it's a labor of love for me. I put a lot of work into it. Really, really enjoyed uh, putting it together. I think you will like it as well. Some fun memories and some great audio in there. Things for you to re-experience like the beat LA chance after the Kings defeated the, uh, the um, Dallas Mavericks in the Western Conference semifinals before they would take on uh, the Los Angeles Lakers when Arco Arena just flooded with BLA chance when we knew the Kings were moving on and facing the Lakers in the next round. So go experience that. It gave me chills. Hopefully it will give you those uh, chills as well. And I look forward to having you back with me on the next episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Until then, my name is Matt George. Thanks again for your support and your uh, your well wishes for my new family and I. I'll, I'll bring my new co-host, uh, Arthur, on to, uh, to meet you and to hopefully Hopefully join me here in the near future, although I don't know how coherent he's going to be. We're working on diction and and really sounding out words, right? We'll see. He'll get there better or sooner or later, I hope. Thank you so much for your support. I'll talk to you very soon. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.